friends. Welcome back to the Bookshop Chronicles. It's been a while, hasn't it? Sorry about that. I, I really have no good excuse except that life is crazy and I'm a one-woman show and life is crazy. <laughs> you know, your life is crazy too. I'll bet it is. I just know it is. So you're fitting this podcast somewhere in between your workout, walking the dog, doing the laundry, driving to and from wherever you're going. I know this is how we do things now, right? This is This is our life. Okay, so today we are going to be talking about audiobooks. This thrills me to no end because, friends, I love audiobooks. I just love them. The boost they've given my reading life is incredible. And I have discovered so many books through audio that I would never have picked up on on paper. So yay, audiobooks for the win. Now, the amazing thing about audiobooks is I really only discovered them about two years ago. And I don't know if it was just me, but I really felt as if audiobooks became part of more reading conversation. And you heard about them talked on podcasts like this one. But it really became something that was part of reading culture. It wasn't just something that, you know, you did because you had to listen to lectures on books on tape or when we were little. Okay, remember this? When you would get those little Disney records and Tinkerbell would bring when it was time to turn the page. Remember that? That was so fun. That was kind of like an audiobook. So we were already being prepared to make this part of our lives and I just decided I'm going to dive in and I'm going to discover whatever I can. I'm going to listen to books because of the narrator, because of the author, because of the cover. (laughs) You know, I'm always choosing books about the cover, even on audiobook. I am consistent. What can I say? So I thought I would share a fun conversation with you today. And then we'll talk about audiobooks that I have read recently. Now, you might not be aware of this. But Daisy Chain Book Company, when we started out as this little book track that really not too many people were hearing about, it was a really small fish in a pretty big pond. And I decided to partner with an audiobook provider. I had heard about Libro and I was curious about it. So I contacted them and I kid you not, I think the head of the company called me back. And I said, is this really the head of the company? And they said, yeah, we <laughs> we do answer phone calls. And I was blown away. They answered all my questions. I felt like I was in very good hands. And Daisy Chain Book Company was Edmonton's very first Libro FM partnership. I am super proud about that. I feel as if I introduced Edmonton to Libro. I don't know if I can actually say that, but you know what? I just did. So there we go. Um, so here's the fun thing. Today, we are going to hear from Jenna Clark. Jenna is a software developer at Libro. She is very passionate about audiobooks. She's got a wicked awesome job. And well, you know what? I'm just going to let her tell you the rest. So here's my conversation with Jenna. Well, Jenna, I'm super excited to talk with you because, I mean, obviously you and I have a similar appreciation for audiobooks, Mm -hmm. but you have a very cool company to work for. Yeah. So can you tell my listeners a little bit about what you do and what makes your company awesome? Yeah. Um, so Libro FM is um, 
basically it's like an alternative to something like Audible. So we sell audiobooks and uh, what makes us different is that we through us, when you buy audiobooks through us, you can support a local bookstore. So you can pick a local bookstore. Um, we have partners all over the U.S. and Canada and part we split the profits with the bookstore of your choice. So instead of, you know, supporting someone like Amazon, you're, you're putting, um, you know, the a share back into your community. Um, or you can, you can pick any of our bookstore partners. It doesn't have to be one nearby. So you can pick a bookstore that you visited and really liked. Um, so that's what we do as a company. And uh, I am a software developer with Libro. So I work on the um, cloud software team. So I'm working on like the website, the database, um, working with the content that comes in, the audio book content from publishers, that, that type of thing. It has just grown so much. All of the things that are possible now with audiobooks, like even when I go on Libro's website, there are so many areas that I could dive into and get lost in. Whereas before, like, I mean, I'm talking old school. It was the whole <laughs> books on tape, right? And then yeah. you have to take it out and literally flip the tape over. And the narrator was dreadful and it was just so dry. But now yeah. audiobooks have taken on a whole new thing. Yeah, I think like my theory is because everyone, ha I mean, not everyone, but the majority of people now have smartphones. So you have like a way to listen with you all the time. Whereas like before, if it was on a cassette tape or a CD, you had to like have a player for that. So it's like you have to like be in the car, you have to like purposefully be listening to a CD at home or something. But now it's in your pocket and you have it everywhere you are. So I think that has like really allowed um the market to just get so much bigger and they're more accessible now too because you can play them on your phone and almost everyone has a cell phone so. it's true it's so accessible you're right i remember doing a road trip and i was listening to an audiobook and i think there was like 11 discs that i had to play and the chapters would end on like a cliffhanger so you'd always want to go yeah. to the next chapter <laughs> and i was taking the cd out and I bumped my hand and it dropped on the floor. I was like, ah, now I can't get oh, no. And the whole rest of the way until I could stop my car, all I was thinking about was, this CD is on my damn floor. Like I was yeah. so frustrated. <laughs> and I've yeah. never once had a moment like that with a Libro audiobook, not once. <laughs> yeah, now it's, the, you have the whole book, you can rewind, you're not gonna like damage the CD. Like it's, yeah, it's all there. It's yeah. so much easier now. Well, I don't know if you are aware of it, but in Edmonton, in Canada here, we were the very first independent bookstore to partner with Libro FM. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah, it was super fun. And I think the, the thing was when people would come into our book truck and I had the little sticker on the thing about audiobooks and I would explain to them, they had no idea what this was. Yeah. So I felt I felt so excited to share with them the idea that there is an option. You don't have to go to Amazon for audiobooks. Yeah. There is other companies out there, especially this one, who supports little guys and puts money right back into their community. And yeah, people were so thrilled about that. Yeah, I think um it it is really nice to have options too, like to have something beside there isn't just like the one place you can get them now like you can get books you can pick where you're buying audiobooks so. yeah 
And, and do you, like from your perspective as a software developer, are you constantly distracted by all the cool things you want to dive into? Like, how do you focus? Because I yeah, just I, hard. I really am. Like, I there we there are so many good ideas for like what we want to do with Libro going forward too. And our team is really small. Like, our whole company is something like twenty people. Like, it is not a large team. And um, so there's just so many different good ideas that people have that we that I want to work on personally um and it is really cool like to be on the software team like sometimes I do get to pick like what I am working on um so one thing that I've been working on recently is uh just like improving we have bookseller recommendations all over our site um so if you click on an audiobook like we allow booksellers to um, submit like recommendations for books so those will show up like on the audiobook page in the app um, in the iOS app right now, we're working on it with the Android app, but, um, right. It previously currently on the live site, it's just, it just shows like a random recommendation when you go to the book page, but something I've been working on for like the past week is, um, making it so that when you go to the book page, it'll show all the bookseller recommendations and you can like scroll through and see all the recommendations for a book and adding on the, we'll be adding on the homepage, like a section, uh, for bookseller recommendations from your store. So if somebody is signed up to support um, a local bookstore and they're, they're, the booksellers from that store have added recommendations, now when they go to the site, they'll see those recommendations on the homepage from their store. So it's just like, that was something I was super excited to work on um, because I always read the bookseller recommendations. That's That helps me like pick my audiobooks. So mm-hmm, yeah, um, it, it's like it was like a project that I wanted to work on uh, and I was just able to be like, yeah, I think I'm going to work on this now. So that yeah. is awesome. <laughs> so that's kind of the um, Libro equivalent of like in our store, we have our staff favorites section. Yeah. So like it's like, I think about it as like digital shelf talkers for audiobooks. Yes. Okay. That's awesome. <laughs> that yeah. is so fun. Yeah. It's, um, but there's like a lot of things like that where I'm like, Oh, it would be so cool. Like if we had, if we added this little feature, um, and then as like a software developer actually getting to be like, actually, I am going to add this feature. And of course it's like, we have like a system for prioritizing things, you know? Sure. Of course. If, if there's like a bug we have to fix first, but it, we do, um, it is pretty cool to like have the options of what we want to work on and get to work on like things that we're excited about. <laughs> Well, I can't help but think that there must be a m- number of things on your list because audiobook popularity has grown so significantly over the past couple of years. Yeah. And even if you're getting books from the library or whatever, there's there's all these opportunities. But to know that you're supporting a small company that is so well run, that is invested so well in what people actually care about, mm-hmm. there's so many things at your disposal to do in the future like I'm I must I'm thinking you must have lists galore oh my gosh we have so much on our like list of ideas and we get ideas like um just from people who work at Libro we can like submit ideas and then customer feedback we have like running lists of like how many people have requested certain features and that helps us prioritize like what do people using the app want and um you know, we have like a bookseller Facebook group so that the booksellers can, we can like interact directly with booksellers who are maybe like um, 
selling audiobooks to people through Libro.fm. We take recommendations from there. So we have just, there's so many ideas. um, And there, yeah, there's, there's a lot that we want to do. I didn't know there was a bookseller Facebook group. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There is. um, It's like Libro.fm bookseller community or something like that, that you can join. Okay. I'm so going to look into that because those are my people. That's yeah. And we, we, yeah, we, we just, you know, that's a way that booksellers can like connect with us too. Oh, that's awesome. Ask questions. Yeah. And what are some audiobooks that stand out for you when you're thinking of ones that you want to tell people just in your own life about? Because it's hard to sometimes separate your work life from your personal life and all that kind of stuff, especially when you're surrounded with books that really do bleed into your own quiet time and recreation and stuff. So what are some audiobooks that stand out for you as ones that you like to talk about or you like to refer or think about? I so in general I'm a big fiction reader with like physical books but with audiobooks I really love like a good nonfiction, especially if it's written by like a journalist or it's like a narrative nonfiction. so some of my favorites um one that I just recently read was Empire of Pain by uh Patrick Braddon O'Keefe Keith something like that um it's about the Sackler family who they owned Purdue Pharma um, and so the opioid crisis, it goes into the opioid crisis, um, the family, like how they founded the company. And it's almost, it's almost like thrilling. It's really interesting just to see how much influence they had and how like the opioid epidemic like started and progressed and the family made all this money off of it. Um, it's, it was really good, like just really well written and the it was really good as an audio book um and I, I tend to pick nonfiction on audio so I also really liked Hidden Valley Road which was um about a family where six of the kids had schizophrenia uh so it was really interesting um and it kind of like went back and forth between the family and research on schizophrenia so that was really I like learned a lot and it was like a really like gripping story too. Um, and then I also really liked the warmth of other sons. Um, it's just like about a history of, uh, the great migration. So, um, African Americans in the South, like migrating to different parts of the country, it, it sort of followed like three main people who moved to different places, but, uh, had all these like side stories too. Um, it was just like really interesting, like something I didn't, learn about or know much about before I listen to the book. That's cool. Yeah, I've heard a lot lately about Hidden Valley Road. That seems to come up so often. So I keep thinking, okay, so that definitely has to be on my list. And now you've said it. I'm thinking, okay, now I have to to listen. I really recommend the audiobook of it too. Like it was really, it was a good listen. Okay. Yeah. And do you also find that sometimes the narrator can make or break an audiobook? Yes, definitely. Um, I think most narrators are pretty good these days. I, like most, most of the times uh, when I go to listen to a book, I don't have an issue with the narration. Um, I really like also like memoirs that are narrated by the author. I think that like adds a whole different dimension to the book because you're hearing it like in their voice. Um, one that I really loved recently was All Boys Aren't Blue. Um, 
narrated by the author and they like it, they just add another dimension because they what they're talking about like their family members and it's just and growing up and it's just really um it just like adds to the book I think mm-hmm. it adds to the experience when you hear somebody's story in their own voice yeah I agree I listened to Matthew McConaughey's biography Greenlight Mm-hmm. And I'm, I also read it at the same time. So I could hear him reading it as I'm looking at the pages and to hear his inflections and the humor and some of the moments that he would pause or you could tell were really important or special to him. I wouldn't have picked up if I had just read it on paper. Yeah. And yet in the paper, I got the photos and stuff that I wouldn't have got in the audiobook. So for me, that whole tandem reading experience was so fun. And I also agree. I've listened to a number of memoirs that are read by the author, and it does change it significantly. Yeah. I think sometimes, too, with the audiobook, um, they're, uh, they come with like a PDF extra. So if there are things that come in the paper book, they, uh, publishers try to include that. Um, sometimes if it's like important to the book, um, in the audio book as well. So you'll be able to like download a PDF with it. It's not like a PDF of the whole book, like not like the ebook, but it would be like the pictures or like an important map or something like that so that you can see that too. If you need Interesting. To. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. So. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So I can see how that would be a, a huge benefit, especially in the book when they're referring to photos or things, right? If you're listening and you don't see it, then yeah. Too bad. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. so cool. And you said that you have a team of 20 people. I think it's 20. I, I should have looked this up before we started. Well, I, can't, I don't know exactly how many people we have right now, but something around 20. <laughs> but what that tells me too is that as a, as a company, you're very intentional about your people and you're very focused and you don't get mm-hmm. lost in the big mega company kind of mess. That's one of the things that I love about Libro is that if I call or if I email, I'm getting somebody who I can talk to personally. Yeah. And I don't feel like I'm getting lost. I'm not talking to a machine. It's so human and it's so relatable. And I think that that to me transfers so nicely into what the audiobooks are because audiobooks are somebody's voice speaking into your ear and storytelling. And if you are dealing with a company that's so removed and they don't care about you and they don't know what you're into, it feels a little separate for me. Mm -hmm. So there's something very personal and intimate about that kind of storytelling in my ears. And Libro is also a very um, personal kind of company. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's important to us, I think, as a company too, to keep that like human connection. Um, So yeah. And how long has Libro been around? Oh gosh, I think it was, um, I think it was founded like seven years ago or something, but it took a while, you know, to get off the ground and start um, getting books to sell and uh, customers. So um, it really started taking off two or three years ago, I think. Well, then my timing was good. Yeah. That's when I jumped in. (laughs) Yeah. So you were there almost from the beginning. That's awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. There are some books that when people come into the store and they're like, well, I don't know if I want to read that. I will say, I have a suggestion for you. Listen to the audiobook, 
If you, if you get a sense of it and you think, I think I might want to read this, go for it that way. But if you like the audiobook and you want to just keep going, give that a try. Yeah. Cause there, there are some options for people through audiobooks that didn't exist before. And I feel like I can really trust sending them to Libro because the people in my store, in my community, I care about and I want to make sure that they're getting something that is solid and reliable. Mm-hmm. And I know that if I recommend books from Libro, that's what they're going to get. So yeah, I'm I'm very grateful as a bookstore owner that that is something that I can trust my people with. That's really good to hear. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and there are some books I think I know they're putting on paper. I think paper is great. I'm not saying anything against paper books, but I think some books are better in audio. Oh yeah, I think so page. too. Yeah, especially like something like um, if it has a full cast of narrators, I almost always want to listen to the audiobook. Um, that just, yeah, it's really awesome. There was one, I need to look in my app and see what it's called. I always forget the name of this book, but it was about 9-11 and it was like an oral history. Um, and it had like a full cast for all the different people um, in the book. And it was like so emotional. I mean, it's an emotional topic, but the audiobook, I was just like, I don't know if I would have had the same like reaction or like feeling if I had just read it on paper. Uh, like having that full cast, that just adds so much. Let me see if I can. I had the same feeling with called. Daisy Jones and the Six. Oh, yeah. I actually read that cast. one on paper, but I was like, I should have done the audiobook. <laughs> I often refer to that one as a really great um, audiobook written by Taylor Jenkins Reid. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. Because you're right, the full cast does make a difference. And it does feel as if it's like an old-time radio show that is being performed instead of just a story being told. Yeah. And that's such a, wow, it, it just elevates it to a whole new level. Mm-hmm. It just, it adds, like... Yeah, it just, it really adds to the experience. Yeah. Like, enhance it enhances the book. And the one that I was talking about, the 9-11 book, um, it's The Only Plane in the Sky. The Only Plane in the Sky. Okay. Yeah. And who writes that one? Uh, Garrett M. Graff. Okay. Okay, so everybody listening right now who hears this and says, um, I have to get my hands on that, go to Libro FM and look for The Only Plane in the Sky. Okay, perfect. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. I. How do you feel about people who say, oh, listening to audiobooks, you're not actually reading. You can't actually count that on your like Goodreads list of books read in the year. What do you think about that? I disregard that perspective. That is just not true. Like it is, it is reading. You consume the same material. Um, and also like, a, so audiobooks are accessible to someone who's blind or can't read a physical book uh, that's their way of reading so if somebody says that it's just like it's ableist it's not it's not true <laughs> so we are the same mind Jenny you <laughs> I agree with you entirely <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's funny how many rules people put on things and they in their reading life they say oh you have to do it like this or this doesn't count and I'm totally all about having no rules for this stuff enjoy yeah. it count it all celebrate it enjoy like if reading a book on paper is what does it for you absolutely go to town yes 
But if an audiobook is what brings that story to life and fits into your life better, mm-hmm. don't feel embarrassed because it's not considered reading. It totally is. It is reading. Yeah, yeah. it is. It is 100%. It's reading. And I have found that reading audiobooks has improved the number of books in the year that I read so significantly. Yeah. Oh. It, because you can multitask. So, like, I listen to audiobooks whenever I take my dog for a walk or if I'm on a long drive or if I'm folding laundry. Um, so, you can't read a physical book when you're driving, obviously. Yeah. No. <laughs> so, but, you, but it's like you... You can read when you're doing something like, you know, like driving or <laughs> chores. Um, and it helps them go by faster, too. Sometimes I, like, keep – I'm like, what What else do I need to clean right now? Because, like, I'm listening to a book and it's so good and I just don't want to stop. Uh-huh. It, like, helps me get more stuff done. <laughs> I have been known when I'm in my car to stay in the parking lot and just wait until – the scene or this whatever is done this chapter I just I, I'm not done yet so I'll yeah you have to find going. out yeah <laughs> it's that whole just one more chapter thing with a book yeah it's the same thing with an audiobook you will just listen just one more just just a few more minutes just yeah, yeah I'm totally it's, with it's you fun. I've done that so many times <laughs> or like it. you're listening to an emotion sometimes um I used to work in an office um before I worked for Libro. And if I, if you're like listening to something emotional, I would show up to work. I'd be like, Oh my gosh, I'm like crying right now. I need to like pull myself together. <laughs> I, know. I was cooking and I was listening to um, a world war two book and, Oh, it was uh, the winter garden by Kristen Hanna. And it got to the point where I was, I was sobbing and my husband came in. He's like, why are you crying? He goes, you're not even making onions. What is the deal? I'm like, I guess, Oh, you're listening to books. Aren't you? Oh, there you go. Like, I just, oh, yeah. Yeah. And and sometimes the narrator can just pull out so much more emotion than I felt when I read it. Yeah. Because they really are voice actors yeah. who are performing this book for you. And sometimes the accents that they can do blows my mind. Yeah. They're so it's, talented. Narrators are so talented. It's yeah, it's pretty incredible when I think about like reading a whole book out loud and having the inflections for all the sentences. It's really, it seems like a hard job <laughs> to me. It, it does. I mean, you can simplify it and say, oh, they're just sitting in a booth somewhere just reading a book out loud, but they're not. There's so many things they have to pay attention to to yeah. keep it listenable, right? Like they, they need to keep their audience intact. Yeah. If you're just reading a book, it'll be like Bueller. Bueller, like it, pe- you yeah. will lose people reading it like in a monotone voice. Like they, they can't really do that. Like it, they're like performances now. It's it's really, it's really cool. Yeah, and I get really excited when I I hear an audiobook narrator that I like, and I will look into their backlist of other books that they have narrated, even if I don't know what that book is about. I just like how they tell the story. Yeah. So I have discovered other books that I would never have looked for otherwise because I really like that narrator. Yeah, that's that's really cool. I um I don't have like narrators that I like follow particularly. Um but I have noticed like I have listened to books by the same narrator before and I've been like, "Oh, like cool. 
So <laughs> yeah, it feels like almost a, a friend telling you a story because when you're so familiar with their voice and the tone in which they tell a story, it's like, oh, hey, yeah, okay, I, I know what's coming. And you yeah. get yourself ready because you trust it. Yeah. I listen That's a good to, way to think about it. <laughs> yeah. I listened to The Dutch House because Tom Hanks is narrating it. And the, the book was fine. It was okay. But I felt like in Tom Hanks' hands, I was I was okay. I would trust whatever he would narrate. And yeah. I knew I already liked it because I like Tom Hanks. Yeah. Like, that's a win. Yeah. it's it, There's a lot of, like, famous, like, actors and actresses uh, narrating books now. So it's it's pretty cool. Like, I, um, I listened to one. Who was it? I'm like having, I can, on the spot, like I can't remember anything I've read. Um, (laughs) Let me see if I can find it in my, okay, In Five Years by Rebecca Searle. And it was narrated by Megan Hilty. And I love Megan Hilty. And she did such an amazing job uh, with the narration. Um, It's cool when it's like an actor, somebody that you already like, and then you get to listen to them, like read you a book. I did hear that that audiobook. I didn't know she was an actor. Yeah. She was in the show um, about Broadway. What was that show called? Smash. It was not on for a long time, but okay. I really liked it. And she's been on Broadway. Uh, so I really like Broadway. I really, it was, so when I saw she was narrating it, it was like a bump for me to like pick that book up. Watch the audiobook. Yeah. For sure. And she did do a really good job. That was a very good book. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed that a lot. I I did. That was really super. And so tell me what books are coming out that you are excited about, whether it's fiction, nonfiction, which ones are you you're like, okay, this is on Jenna's list. This these ones are happening. Uh, so one that just came out, I read it, um, the physical book, but I might listen to the audiobook too, uh, just because I want to hear the audiobook. Um, is Sally Rooney, Beautiful World, Where Are You? I love Sally Rooney. I'm like a huge Sally Rooney fan. Um, so I love the physical book and uh, I want to read the audiobook too, just like to read it again and have mm-hmm. another experience with it. Um, and I'm really excited. We, ha- we put out this list every year, uh, a couple times a year. It's a TBLT list, a to be listened to list. Um, I help like decide on the books for that because um, I'm just because I'm interested in it. I'm like I want to help pick. Nice. Uh, so some of those I'm really excited about. Um, so uh, please don't sit on my bed in your outside clothes by Phoebe Robinson. I really love her. Her book, she's so funny. Uh, I went to see her actually when my husband and I lived in Seattle. We went to watch one of her um, shows live. And she's hilarious. I'm just like a huge fan. So I'm excited for that. Um, Very excited for that, too. Cool. Nice. And then also Will Smith's biography is coming out, his autobiography. Uh, I'm excited for that, too. Yeah, (laughs) I I imagine he will narrate the audiobook for that. He will, yeah. He is listed as the narrator, so that will probably be really good. Yeah, sign me up for that one. I'm <laughs> I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> Jenna, I think that you have one of the coolest jobs because audiobooks are right on the cusp of what people are discovering as amazing 
and relevant and applicable for their life. And it's made people actually choose to read actual books more yeah. than ever before and vice versa. People who have read books have discovered audio. So it's a very complimentary thing. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't replace at all. I find it's just, it's a beautiful addition to the reading life and you have a fabulous company to work for, but your job sounds super perfect for you. I, it's like truly, I love my job so much. Like I yeah. love working for Libro. Um, I have been like a huge reader, like my entire life. So uh, finding like a company to work for in like the book world um, was really awesome. And also it's remote. So, you know, I get to do it from home. Um, I think like before I found Libro, I just had in my head most jobs, you know, around books are probably in New York because that's where most of the publishers are, um, you know, most of the big publishers. Um, so I just thought, oh, I probably like won't ever work or, you know, with books. Um, but then, yeah, I found this job. It's like, it's awesome. And the company is just, it's really great. Like I love everyone on the team. Um, it's just a good place to work. So. Well, I, I think that you are a huge addition to their team because obviously like you're, you're clearly passionate about it <laughs> and you, you can't train that passion is just, it's there or it's not. Yeah. So, I think pretty much everyone on everyone on our team is like loves books. Um, it's very important to all of us, you know, to support local bookstores. Um, it's just a big part of like our culture, um, our mission. So uh, it's cool to work with other people who care about books too. Well, thank you for all that you're doing because as an independent bookstore, especially during a pandemic when things are hard and things are strange and uncertain to know that that is there and is mm -hmm. an advocate for you is really a huge boost. So I'm super grateful for that. Well, thank you. And thanks for partnering with us and uh, helping spread the word about Libro too. Oh, you're welcome. I will keep doing it. <laughs> I definitely will. <laughs> Thank you for talking to me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was really fun. Good. <laughs> okay, so in no particular order, here are some of the audiobooks that I have been listening to recently. So one of the ones I'm going to talk about is called Finley Donovan is Killing It. It is a mystery. It also, I think, is consider regular fiction. Um, but it was so fun. So you know how you get the right book at the right time? Well, this book was exactly that thing. So basically, the premise is Finley has two kids, uh, an infant and a toddler, and she's recently divorced. She is drowning in debt. Her husband is not very helpful at all. He's moved on to somebody else. She is just barely making it. She is a writer, but frankly, she's got writer's block. Her, her, her people keep coming to her saying, we need some pages. We've got to get this done. You're under contract. And she just doesn't have it. So she's sitting in a restaurant talking with her agent and somebody overhears their conversation and misunderstands what they hear. Well, they assume that Finley is a killer for hire and this woman wants somebody to take care of her husband. What? What the heck? So what happens is wildly unexpected. It is super fun 
And yeah, it is a murder mystery a little bit too. Not so much mystery because you kind of know who did it. So I don't think the whodunit piece is actually there. But wow, such a fun, creative idea. Now, the cool thing about this book that El Cosimano wrote is this is the Finley Donovan number one, which means there's going to be more. And by the way the book ended, you can definitely see that there is a lead in for another book. So I am already really excited. Such a fun read. I gave this book five stars, not because it's, you know, the next Grapes of Wrath or anything, but because it made me feel all the things I wanted a book to give me in that moment. It was so great to listen to. So this book is called Finley Donovan is Killing It by El Casamano. So, so fun. Um, another one that I read recently was called The Rural Diaries, Love, Livestock, and Big Life Lessons Down on Mischief Farm by Hilary Burton Morgan. So this was another one that I gave five stars to. And remember, I don't give stars because of their literary prowess or their use of themes or none of that stuff. This is not English class. I gave five stars because of my enjoyment level in the book. That's pretty much it. So I loved this book. I know who Hillary Burton was because I had definitely seen One Tree Hill. I mean, come on, didn't we all watch One Tree Hill? Love that show. I even have <laughs> I even have the song on my playlist. Yeah, so there's that. Um, but what I like about it is that Hillary Burton is an actress who's undergone a lot of struggles and whatnot in her life, and she's definitely tried to overcome the whole mistreatment of female actors in Hollywood mess. Oh, I hate that. But she married Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who is right now really well known because he was, was it Keegan? I think his name was Keegan in Walking Dead. And he is a force in his own right. And so the two of them decided they are going to leave the rat race of fast-paced city life. And they wanted to have a ranch or a farm. And they made this happen. This was wonderful. I loved hearing about all the things they did from recipes that she puts in the book to the community of people that they meet to renovating the houses to uh, animals on the farm being born and dying and their kids and her struggles with child loss. You know what? This book was all the things. I so appreciated it and hearing her read it was also so incredibly personal. So this one, The Rural Diaries, I can't stress it enough. It is if it doesn't make you want to run off and like start your own farm, I don't know what does. This this was such a good book. Okay, so another one I listened to was called The Secret History by Donna Tartt. Okay, so I have heard so much about The Secret History and it has been mentioned in a number of books. So I thought, I really, I really got to read this book. I couldn't get my hands on the physical copy, but oh, thank you. There's always an audiobook available, so so grateful for that. The premise of this book is there are five university students who are dedicated to the study of Greek classics, language, and history. That's it. They are a very specific, elitist group of students. This is their only thing. They have one teacher, and that teacher's rule was, you only work with me, that's it. Well, I mean, okay, fine. But what happens in this group is, of course, they become kind of like a, not a cult, I wouldn't say, but 
an elitist group of intellectual snobs who feel as if they should have all the things they want to have and do the things that they want to do and that they don't need policing, thank you very much, because they are elitist. Um, so there is a death. There is definitely some dark academia here. There is some weird group dynamics going on. Um, it was it was a good book. I kind of felt that in the first quarter of the book, everything had happened that I thought was important. And I thought, what the heck is going to happen for the rest of the book? But it's such a well-written story. And I have to give Donna Tart props because the amount of intelligence and history in her writing in this book is astounding. I was kind of blown away at all of the facts and all of the academic knowledge she was putting in because as these students are having conversations, wow, well, I'm sorry, they were way over my head. And I was way impressed because she as an author had to create all of those conversations and research the heck out of them. So I mean, props to Donna Tart. This was an incredibly intelligent book. And I'm grateful to have discovered it. Even if I didn't love the ending, I didn't really love the characters, she managed to overcome a lot of that. And I think it was well done. It was really well narrated. And I fully enjoyed this audiobook. All right. Another one I read was called Fight Night by Miriam Taves. Now, this is Miriam's latest book, just came out. And um, thank you to Libro because I got myself a copy. Um, I did not really have a good relationship with Miriam Taves in the past. I think I started one of her books and I just couldn't get into it and didn't finish. And none of the other ones really seemed to appeal to me. So there are fans who love her. They read all of her stuff. They are fiercely dedicated to Miriam Taves. I, I just, I don't have that. But I did read this book. So in the premise of this book, um, there is a grandma and her daughter. Her daughter's name is Swiv. Now, the relationship between this grandma and Swiv is so precious and so dear to my heart as somebody whose grandpa is 103 and I just adore him dearly. This was lovely. So there were a lot of things going on and I I kind of missed why some of the trauma was traumatic and I didn't get some of that stuff, but the banter and the relationship of dependency between Swiv and her grandma really carried me through all of it. That was really the bones of it for me. And it was just, I don't know, it was a beautiful bond between two generations that was handled with such honesty and such respect. I don't know that we see that too, too often in this really raw emotional way. And I, I appreciate it so much. So I gave this one four stars. It, I, there was a lot in this book that I just didn't care for and I could have happily skipped over. It just didn't make or break the book for me. The whole book was her grandma and Swiv. That was it. So if you read those two, you'll know they are precious. They are worth reading. I think if I was reading it with my eyes, I would have just skipped over things. But with an audiobook, I was made to listen and pay attention to all of it. So I probably took in parts that were valuable, but I just really didn't really, I don't really, didn't really care about it. Okay, another great one was called Between Two Kingdoms, A Memoir of a Life Interrupted by Suleika Juhad. Now this one, whew, this was another five-star one for me. I really did not know that much about Suleika's story, but holy crap, y'all. My summary for this one is incredible. Just 
incredible. Suleika is a young woman who gets cancer. Her story of her cancer journey, her treatments, her healing, her support network, the emotional struggles, the medical system, the team, her optimism, and then her decision afterwards to travel and to see the people who wrote to her and supported her while she was in the hospital. It was an incredible story. It made me feel so good and so grateful for my healthy body, for the people in my life, for the things that I just take for granted every single day. And I just felt like at the end, it made me want to do better, live smarter, be more grateful. Her story was astounding. And I'm so, so glad that I heard it because hearing her read this book made all the difference to me. So Between Two Kingdoms, a memoir of a life interrupted, read by and written by Suleika Juhad, I cannot recommend this book enough. Okay, so let me see. What is another one here? Oh, how about this? I just finished this one yesterday, day before, whatever. The days are all blending to me. Okay, so this one is called The Final Girl Support Group by Grady Hendrix. So Grady Hendrix is wildly popular. Um, <laughs> he wrote My Best Friend's Exorcism and Southern Book Club's Guide to Vampire Slaying. You've probably heard about these books. They were everywhere. And now with October coming up and we're getting into fall seasons and a little bit witchy, Halloween-y. Yeah, these things are all coming back. So the final girl support group had a super fun premise. In horror movies, the girl that's left at the end, what happens to her? Well, in all the horror movies, they, there's a girl left, they're called Final Girls, and they decide to start a support group because nobody else in the world understands their predicament of seeing people die, running from somebody, you know, having somebody try to kill you over and over, and then if there are sequels and whatnot, you know what? He keeps coming back, and it's just... Anyway, <laughs> I'm not really a slasher film person, I'm no longer 13, so uh, I'm kind of out of that. But this I thought was a very creative premise. Um, so the girls left alive at the end of a horror film decide to start this support group. And then what happens is, oh, somebody's trying to tick off these girls one by one. Oh, it looks like their story is not over. And so this book calls itself a horror, but to me it wasn't a horror book. I feel that reading a horror book is not for me. Fear for fun is very confusing to me. Fear for me means run for your life, you're in jeopardy, fight or flight, that whole thing, you do it. But fear for fun, where I'm supposed to enjoy it, watching people die and get killed over and over in creative ways for pleasure does not really work for me. This book I read as a workbook because some books I read for pleasure and some books I read for work. This is a trending popular thing. So I thought, okay, I'm going to read this for work so that I can talk about it. I really liked how some of the things in this book were discussed. Um, and I was impressed with Grady Hendrick's ability to write a book about women who are made vulnerable for entertainment. Um, that is kind of a trigger for me as well. And I really appreciated one of the commentaries in this book about how women in slasher films 
are, it's always like women who are dying and whatnot, of course. Yes, some guys die too, of course. Let's not blanket statement at all. But women predominantly are dying in these films at the hands of men and we are paying to watch it. What? Yes, it's true. So when this is pointed out in this book, I felt like, oh, thank you. Thank you for saying that. Of course, that's what's always bothered me, but I've never heard anybody say it before. So it is mentioned in here. So it is not a cheesy commentary. It does have quite a bit of tongue-in-cheeks nonsense in here, but it is also, dare I say, more of a fun slasher story. I don't know, can you even say that? Is that even a thing? Whatever. So the main character is Lynette. And because of her experience with trauma and seeing her family die and being, well, you know, <laughs> almost killed herself in a very traumatic way, she has legitimate OCD. She's got post-traumatic stress disorder. She has all the things. And her the lengths that she goes to to try and protect herself and be aware of her surroundings is so well written. I really got a sense of all the ways that we are not aware of what's going on around us because of all the things that she was paying attention to. So this was really well done. I I really thought that that was smart. and um, But I think overall this book just lacked some pow. Uh, was it a horror book? I don't know. If this is a horror book, then it's pretty lame. But whatever. It had a very interesting perspective on slasher films. I'll give it that. And for the sake of conversation, I'm glad I read it. Will I read the other ones by Grady Hendrix? Probably not, because this is really not my thing. There's so many other things I could read and listen to, y'all. Honestly. But this was fun. Okay. And let me see. There is one more I was going to talk about. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Here we go. The Husbands by Chandler Baker. Oh, okay. So Alison Ryan was the narrator for this one. And I've heard books narrated by her before, and I quite enjoyed them. So the premise of this book is very Stepford Wives, but with a feminist twist, I guess. So it was so good. So there was a lot of mommy banter in this. It was super fun. But the premise of it is Nora is juggling a lot of balls, and you can tell that she is frustrated her husband seems to be very kind of casual about things, and she's trying to keep all the things going. Her life is very tick, 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 and she's just not getting it done the way she wants, and she's feeling so disappointed in herself because she cannot handle all the things, the kids, the job. She's trying to become partner, and all the she's just maxed out, and her husband, she just feels is not respectful or even aware of her situation. And then she decides that they're going to move into another community and she meets the people in this community and they're very Stepford wifeish, if you know what that is. If you don't, look it up. And there's something about how the men in this community are almost robotic. The women are strong, they're powerful, they have incredible jobs, and the men do the laundry and the shopping and make sure that they host the things and do all of those what we call typical housewife of the 50s tasks. They pack the kids' lunches and they do all these things. And and the wives just say, thank you, dear. And he goes and picks up the laundry and all these things. And you're thinking, what the heck is in the water in this community? And Nora is thinking the same damn thing. Well, 
there's a lot in this book that unravels and it's very interesting. And her husband, who we love, even though he's not fully aware, we do not want to see him become a robot. There's a lot of stuff going on here that I found very interesting. The ending was a little not necessarily what I would have chosen. I felt like maybe I got lost in the weeds in the places in, in this book, so I didn't give it a full five stars. But it was such a good story and really creative. So Chandler Baker, thank you for writing this super awesome audiobook <laughs> because I loved it. The Husbands by Chandler Baker and narrated by Allison Ryan. Super, super fun listen to. So there are just a few of the ones I've been listening to lately. I have some more on my phone and I will talk about them at another time. But right now, I just wanted to let you know that Libro is the bomb for audiobooks. They do put money from each book purchase back into the independent bookstore of your choice. And they support the little guy so much. They have campaigns about indie bookstores. They are really, really great. And from my perspective, as a business owner, I just admire the crap out of them. So thank you so much to Libro for all the things they're doing and for all the things they're thinking of doing in the future and they're planning. I know they have our best interests at heart and I'm so grateful for that. So thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, friends, that's it. We're signing off now. We're done. So you can go and do all the things you want to do. And now that you're taking me out of your ears, I recommend you go find a really good audiobook. Yeah, of course I'm going to recommend that. And whatever you choose to do with the rest of your day, be like my friends at Libro FM. Be relevant, be generous, and be unforgettable. See you next time. 